Let's hit it. And welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Right, here we go. What you think about? I'm Lori LeBay with Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, and today we're going to have a conversation about COVID-19. We've been doing this uh, weekly and getting just various opinions and insights as to how people are coping and how they're adjusting and, and wrapping up also with the good that they're seeing coming from all of this change that's, that's impact us. So for those of, the, those of you that don't know me, um, my mom had dementia for 30 years, and so that changed my life, and I, that's why I created Alzheimer's Speaks, which is an advocacy and media-based um, platforms that I work with, and I've been doing that about 10 years. And I'm going to let each of our guests introduce themselves, so I'm going to start with Barbara Lee. Well, my name is Barbara Lee Friedman, but I go by Barbara Lee, and I am a musician, and um, I have a background in music and psychology and history and a master's degree in counseling. Um, but really, my life's work has been therapeutic music programs for the elderly. Okay, great. Thank you. <clears throat> and Tree? Hi, my name is Tree, or Tree Siobhan. And... Um, what can I say about myself? I guess all my life I've had a variety of interests and I can see they've all evolved around people and around love and the power of love. And um, even uh, I worked with uh, Whole Foods for many years with food and I educated people. And what that boiled down to is really love of the earth and love of food and its sustenance and everything. So um, I'm glad to be here today to learn. Great, thank you. And Kathy? I am Kathy Braxton. I am a co-founder of Dementia Raw. It's a uh, business we've been running for about six years now. I've been in the elder care, the older adult population, uh, working specifically with Alzheimer's and dementia patients and families and caregivers for over 25 years. I have uh, my master's in health psychology, and um, my passion has always been to work with the population who is living with dementia because I personally have my own personal experience with it and find that the relationship I can develop with those people and the caregivers is something that's very unique that I can help anybody to create a better connection with people that they love. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, Kathy, I'm going to start with you um, and just ask, uh, I always ask all of our guests if they've been personally touched by dementia in their, uh, in their circle of friends or family or themselves. And so if you wouldn't mind giving people a little bit more background. Yeah. So um, I was in a rollover car accident when I was 18. And although um, I didn't really suffer many physical um, injuries, um, it started to become pretty clear after about two or three years that my memory was starting to fail and I was having a difficult time um, remembering dates and places, names. There were chunks of time that I was missing. Went to go see a neurologist and I've been being followed by a neurologist ever since. I have mild cognitive impairment. It does seem to be getting slightly worse every year. Um, if I keep a good routine and I keep a nice schedule and I write every single thing down, I do okay. Um, but I have <clears throat> big chunks of time that are missing. I have difficulty recalling names, dates, faces. Uh, my short-term memory is very, very, very bad. So um, we have a giant chalkboard in the kitchen where everybody writes things down to help me remember. Um, and I've really had to help my family start to realize what it's like to live with somebody who has cognitive impairment, because when I have to say several times, I don't remember that at all, um, 
I've had to teach my family to understand that it isn't a personal thing. I'm not choosing not to remember it. I'm not choosing to be rude or disrespectful or, or hurt anyone's feelings because I don't remember something that we did together a couple weeks ago. I just need as many reminders as possible. Wonderful. Thank you. And um, Tree. Thank you for sharing that. Very personal, Kathy. Um, well, I, you know, actually, when I think about it, I know um, when I was younger, before the term Alzheimer's came in, yes, I, some of, you know, the older, my great aunts would have what they'd say, dementia. But I, I guess it was not a been real severe because I didn't, you know, I just noticed that they weren't quite the same. Maybe I was too young. As I got older, um, my sister's mother-in-law, who was a very much, much loved woman, um, developed Alzheimer's. And um, I learned a lot about Alzheimer's through her and through my family in Denver. And I think Trudy lived about 15 or 16 years with Alzheimer's. And um, most recently, in the last year, I've been doing a little companionship you know, with a elder at um, a nursing home or a memory care center. And it's got probably about 20, 22 people who have dementia or Alzheimer's. And I can see its impact um, on some is worse than others. And it, to, I don't know what to, how to say. I'm learning a lot about it. And I'm sad that the people have lost so much. But their spirits it just feel so big to me still on every level they just like I go in and I get so happy being around them I'm so happy and we have so much fun I just think it's a heart connection or something and even a couple of them that never spoke and didn't even seem to interact with the environment I keep talking to them and maybe a few months later, all of a sudden out of nowhere, boom, they're talking to me. And I just always kind of felt it was there in the heart anyway, even if there wasn't an affect. So I guess that's my experience. It's very limited from, you know, Lori, what you've done. Okay. Thank you. Barbara Lee, how about you? Well, my experience with people I know is very limited as far as people with Alzheimer's. Um, it's interesting, right now my mom, or actually stepmom Marge, uh, is 98 years old and has started with memory loss, but it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say Alzheimer's, but beginning memory loss, beginning at 98 years old, I feel so lucky. I had a friend of mine uh, that I uh, became the caregiver for her mother who had um, Alzheimer's. Um, so that was a real eye opener for me to really on a weekly basis, daily basis, be with somebody who had, uh, had Alzheimer's. Um, let's see. And then really, which I'll talk about later is, is the connection has been through my work and that's been, believe it or not, 55 years <laughs> of my 68, 69 so I'll talk about that a little bit more, but as far as personally, no. Okay, great. Um, well, I think what I'm gonna do is, um, Barbara, since we've got you off mute anyways, I'm gonna go to you for this first question in terms of talking about how COVID-19 has affected you personally and, and with your business and your clients. Okay, well, um, I, go to independent living, assisted living, memory care, hospital, hospice, uh, adult day programs. I, I do, uh, I, I have about 25 to 30 programs I do a month. Um, and they're all, they're all stopped now. I, I see nothing since March 9th. Um, so not only is it hard financially for me, because that's really a huge loss of my income, but I really miss these folks. <laughs> like you were saying, Tree, um, you know, some people don't know their name anymore. But when I sing a song, because my thing is therapeutic music. So when I sing a song that they remember from 1940, they sing along. They know the words. Um, so it really is remarkable to me because when I also go to some of the sites that I go to, 
the feeling that I get to connect with people with Alzheimer's is so special. Um, the smiles, the dancing, the movement, the laughter. Now I tell jokes too. I don't just sing. I like to tell jokes because people not only like to sing, people like to laugh. And some people may not understand the joke, but they know it's a joke. They know to laugh. It's really fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. I have some people who their only form of communication now is blah, 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 blah. Um, They don't say their names. They don't know who they are, who their family is. But when I sing Daisy Daisy from 1892, if they're old enough, if they're in their 90s, they sing along, you you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe that the people that um, come back. In fact, I used to do, I used, I did a music program for Lori's mother uh, at Maplewood Care Center uh, 11 years ago. And she just came alive and she started singing out of the blue. She was singing. At first her eyes were closed. Her head was down. I sang doodly doo. Please, please, for me, that sweet melody called doodly-doo. And she is singing along and laughing. I'm telling you, the spirit of people with Alzheimer's is still there. Very, very much so. And I remember I had not ever heard that song before you played it. And now <laughs> one of my one of my favorites. And we have, um, we've made up probably nine, I think, different clips of you singing to mom that are on YouTube and some of them have like 65,000 hits. I mean, it's just amazing. I've walked in on conferences and my mom is on the screen and someone else is using that as an example. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and then they scurry back to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know I should have asked. And I'm like, no, it's, it's public domain. Use it, leverage it any way you Wonderful. can to get people to, to understand. So you, you, I imagine, can't go in personally anymore. So how are you adapting to COVID with your business? Well, this famous Lori LeBay called me up last week, or no, about the beginning of uh, a few weeks ago, and um, said, geez, I need something for my radio show. How would you like to do a Zoom uh, sing-along? And it's like, sign me up. Sign me up. So we've done two now. We're going to do a third one, uh, May 14th. Join us um, where I have my guitar and I'm strumming along and I do many songs and people sing along. What's sort of funny, it's not quite a sing along because we mute everybody because otherwise all the delays of all the computers, it would be a mess to have everybody really singing along. But I sing and people uh, sing along. And, and uh, yesterday we did take me out to the ball game with a handkerchief for, for one, two, three strikes, you're out. Uh, baseball hat people were wearing. Um, so I've got the interaction going. I've got the laughter going, the singing going. It's virtual Barbara Lee sing-alongs. It's wonderful. Thank you, Lori. It's kind of like a, a sing alone, <laughs> sing alone, <laughs> sing alone, sing along type thing, and uh, it's it's funny. And some people don't sing, but they're just enjoying the music and bopping their heads. And you know, it doesn't make any difference what you're doing. You know, as long as you want to be there and you're part of a group. The other thing that you know I would just throw in is that people were fascinated that they could do Zoom. You know, so it pulled them into another. Uh, another opportunity to communicate they didn't know existed and it's you know it's safe so we have um <clears throat> we have the excitement in the room with people and they want to chat with one another but we don't really have an opportunity to do that we let them do it a, a little bit but um otherwise they start talking over one another and so we keep you know fine-tuning how how we can help that interaction so we're trying to get people trained now on using the chat box or using the annotations, you know, to wave or clap or say hi. Um, but it'll all take time, and every group is going to be a little bit different, you know, with that. And and Barbara Lee also does a nice job calling out on people just to, to make them feel engaged, and we'll unmute 
a person at a time so that she can have a little bit of interaction um, and yet not too much so it's not too distracting for the for the whole group so but it is a balancing act and then then uh, I go in and edit it and we put it out on YouTube and we had one gentleman um, I think it was Tim whose wife Diane watched it like 29 times in in two days and he sends us a picture of her standing before their big screen. And he said, you know, how wonderful, you know, that is for him. Or Jerry, who mentioned her husband, who um, she said, you know, he just seemed down and sad. And he's like, he went to this and he got happy and he was smiling and he was singing. And she said that made his day, but it made mine too. You know, so it has this this ripple effect of of going through. And then... Um, we've had some that have um, been with a community and, you know, in their memory care, some of them aren't in their rooms alone. Some of them are still, still mingling and they're very isolated, but they, they social distance in the community room and we'll, we'll watch this too, if not live later. So um, lots of neat ways to be able to connect with people that, that um, everyone's learning to use. And I think it's fabulous. So thank you for sharing that with us, Barbara Lee. Anything else that you wanted to add that we missed? Um, not, no, no, not really. Okay. Kathy, I'm going to go to you next. And I'm just interested in, um, you were on the show once before and had talked about, you know, starting a support group. You were really interested in trying to do the virtual support group. So maybe tell people how you interacted before and what you're, what you're doing next. Sure. So um, before COVID-19, um, most of my work was based on traveling to facilities and training um, professional and family caregivers. And that has come to a screeching halt because they're not allowing anyone to come in and visit into nursing homes, let alone do any training or anybody outside of the um, essential workers in there. So that's kind of stopped. Um, the other really interesting part of it is that I'm still in talks with a lot of people who want to have the training, but a lot of upper management in long-term care facilities are looking at what staff do they have left? Do they have the ability and the time to pull them away to do training because the need is so high for that one-on-one uh, -on -one contact and that care? And they're also asking themselves and then out loud asking me, we really don't know what our staffing is going to even look like in a couple months. So as much as we'd love to have your services, we don't know what our funding is going to look like. We don't know what our staffing is going to look like. So it's definitely thrown what I do into some turmoil in waiting to see how the dust settles. So in the interim, as I'm in um, isolation myself, because we're choosing to self-isolate as a family. Uh, my daughter has a severe heart condition and none of us want to get her sick. So we have been self-isolating since the middle of March. I counted the days today. We're on day 39 and I'm going to lose my mind. But um, <laughs> uh, one of the things I wanted to do is I still need to be in touch with people. I, this is a passion of mine. I, when I can start to talk to people and have them share their experience, and, and virtually hold their hand, listen to their story, maybe give some kind words of advice that, that are needed or asked for. I, I, it fills me up. I will definitely say it fills me up. So one of the things I've wanted to do is provide a virtual support group for people. It's very difficult to do, I have found, and I am struggling right now. I've been running it for a month, and I've had very little uh, interaction. And I'm not quite sure why, and it's something I'm Taking it, I'm, I'm not taking it as a um, loss on my part, but more of a learning experience. Is it that it's called a support group? Because that's what struggling, people are struggling with. Is it that it's on Zoom? And like you said, people are just starting to now learn that there's these other ways of socializing and, and meeting face-to-face -face and having conversations. Um, I think one of the biggest obstacles I find is that I cannot right now find that intersection of people who know caregivers in need and get them that information. So sometimes the best people to talk to in this stage of the game right now are people who are still essential workers delivering durable medical equipment. They're still coming into people's homes. They probably are there weekly delivering equipment. They know families intimately. They know caregivers that are in need. But I can't go to those durable medical equipment um, offices right now because of the, sh the lockdown. 
So I'm having a hard time meeting in that intersection. But I'm going to keep the, the training or the um, support group going. I'm going to keep running it. And one of the things that I found, and this is where um, my age meets <laughs> with my children, my 19-year-old has helped me figure out how to use Reddit, which is not a social media platform I have ever used before. Um, I actually try to avoid social media platforms as much as possible because they can really make me feel pretty down or I become really sucked into them. Either way, I don't like the way I feel. But Reddit has been interesting because I have found that there's a very big subgroup of people who are just, they're stuck at home, they're looking for help. So it has been a blessing for me that my son has helped me that every day I go onto Reddit and I see people's posts, they're actually asking questions and they're asking for advice. And when they ask for the help, I'd love to give it. So every day I try to reach out to as many of those um, posts as possible, provide some um, assistance, and I'm pushing out there on Reddit what the support group is, when it's available, how they can get onto Zoom, trying to make it as easy as I can for people. So it's still, it's still um, work in progress. I'm still gathering as much information as I can. It does not take off as much as I can tell it is needed. It's a really good just study point as to what is it about support groups themselves where we really do benefit from them. But when it comes to the day that it happens, we find something else we'd rather do. So I just find that to be pretty interesting because when we walk away from it after we've engaged in it, we all feel much better. So there's some kind of sticking point to it. But I find all of those kinds of things interesting and I just want to keep pushing out that I'm here to help people. I'm here to listen. I'm here to give advice. I'm here to just let you vent, whatever it might be. It's going to help you and believe me, it fills me up too because this is my passion. Have you thought about, um, are you targeting just caregivers or have you thought of doing like a memory cafe at all? Because part of the problem that you identified is letting people know that you exist. And with the memory cafes, um, there's the memorycafedirectory.com. And that is, that's groups for people with dementia and their care partners both. And what, uh, what happens there is Dave is now listing um, the groups that are virtual. So he gets a lot of traffic and there's not a ton of them that have, they're, they're kind of in the process of, of now switching to being virtual. Like I've got a virtual group. Um, to be honest, I ha I've only had one person that's called that said they want to join it, but it would be an avenue to get, to get your group out there. Um, right. Getting a hold of even aging services in your area. Um, they're pushing stuff out, letting the, the Alzheimer's Association know, um, Alzheimer's Foundation. But I, to me, one of the biggest problems out there right now, and I'm hearing this from people with dementia and their families both, is they're saying there's so much out here and we, and we don't even know where it all is, but we get overwhelmed on even what to choose to go to, right. what yeah. to pick. And so that makes it, that makes it really difficult too. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing might be of interest too, is even if you have a list of people who have bought your book, might, yeah. be, might be interested if you did a mailer, you know, to them. I don't know if you do an, a newsletter or shout out or, or maybe they're, they just follow you on Facebook. Um, you know, but it, but it is, it is difficult. And, you know, that's, I guess, one of the reasons I've been fighting for, the creation of a resource directory. Mm -hmm. It's just asinine. We don't have one for events. We don't have one for just general information. Everybody's, you know, picking and choosing from so many different sites and it just, it gets overwhelming. It gets exhausting um, yeah. for people. I, I like what you're doing with Reddit though. Um, I think that makes a, a ton of sense. Yeah. And I think on a personal level, the way COVID-19 has affected the professional in the house, and I'm sure everybody who's working from home is feeling the same thing. I have three kids and a husband. We're all in here together and it's a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, I have found that I have to be everything to everybody. And on a personal level, that can be really hard. Not only am I having my own memory issues that I, I struggle with every day, um, but my structure and, and what I'm used to has completely shifted. And what my family was going out in the world and getting, they now are looking inwards to get. And it become, it's becoming very overwhelming. So I'm listening to everything you're saying. I'm taking notes as you write them down, as I'm, I'm writing them down as you speak. Um, but 
you know, as soon as I get off this call, I know my son is going to want to work on a puzzle we've been working on. You know, my daughter and I have been trying to exercise. My husband wants, I'm his new therapist, as you will. <laughs> so it's almost as if we have way more time because we're in the house. And yet I feel like I have so much less structured time to do the right work. So I appreciate everything that you're telling me. I'm going to do the absolute best I can to reach out to these because I do want to reach people. Um, but on my own working this, it, it has become a little bit harder than I thought it would be. You'd think that a day off and every single, you know, every day is a Saturday, essentially you'd have tons of time to get this done. And I feel like I almost have less time in some ways. Yeah, no, I, I understand that tree. You had a question. I, well, I've, I don't know if I've ever heard of Reddit, Kathy. Can what? What can you tell me what it is? If, to be honest, I can pull my son out. He just walked by. Quite honestly, I'm not sure. People, it seems to be a social media, and I could be so wrong. Uh, it seems to be a social media platform where you put in what you're interested in, and that is the feed of information that you get. So. When my son set me up for it, he said, okay, mom, let's start with cute animals. So I literally follow and only get posts about two different topics, cute animals and dementia. That's it, which I like because for me, it filters out all the other junk that I don't want to get sucked into. Yeah. Um, it's not like a Twitter feed where you're getting news and you're getting celebrity stuff and, uh, and then people and ah, uh, it's too much for me. Yeah. Um, so for me, you, you pick what you want to see or read about. You can make comments, you can read people's comments. You can, um, if you see a comment that you like, you give it a, a like a thumbs up or an arrows up going, you know, you got an up boost. Not quite sure how all the real technicalities work. I call my son Jack my my Reddit manager, quite honestly. Um, But I have found it to be works for me because it is a filter I can choose. So when you say you kind of set up a support system in there, people... So what I've done on Reddit is post that I have a support group. I've let people know on my platform what my background is so that if they're getting, if they ask for advice and they're getting it from me, they can look back at my platform and go, oh, she probably knows a little bit of what she's talking about. She's done this for a long time. And they can see that I'm maybe different from a caregiver who's only done this with their mom. And that person's going to have a very different outcome, some really good, different concepts and ideas. So it's nice to see the balance in that. Um, So what I've been doing is putting the information out on Reddit. I have put it out on Facebook. I have not put it out on Instagram. Um, And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I made a New Year's resolution that I was going to stay off of social media this year. And I have successfully done it. I have stayed off Facebook and uh, Instagram up until now, other than the one post about the support group, which I'm sure Lori is like cringing. She's like, no, you got to put it out there. You have to put it out on Facebook. What are you doing? It's just, I know from my own mental abilities and what I can keep going on and what pulls me away and confuses me, I get too much information and I don't know how to sort it all out. So Reddit to me has worked so far and I like it because people are asking for um, input and they're asking for advice, which I'm really good at giving. (laughs) And Facebook, sometimes people just post things And they're not really looking for you to give your advice. In fact, they're kind of like not interested in that at all. So um, that's just a platform I have found that's, you know, browse it, take a look at it. It's kind of worth it, I think. Yeah, I will, because I'm trying to figure out, well, if I wanted to see something you post in there, Mm -hmm. you've got animals and what's the other category? (laughs) Animals and dementia. That's it. But demand I, both such deep topics. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we just started with animals because he wanted to show me how it looked, how pictures would pop up and how you can go, oh, that's really cute. He just kind of wanted to give me a tutorial. So we started with something very neutral, mm-hmm. but he knew my goal was dementia. Okay. I'm just wondering how people could find you on there. Um... As we continue to talk, I will look up and figure out how you can find me on there. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Good. Sounds good. Um, one other comment I just wanted to make, um, Kathy, about what you're doing is, you know, you had said, is it the word support group? And I think that does have 
a lot to do with it when I was caring for my own mom. Um, and granted, I had a lot of background, um, not necessarily initially, but after a while, I mean, I, I ended up having a lot of knowledge and talking to a lot of people. And I just thought, oh, that's not something, that's not another, and this is how I thought of it in my head, you know, which was probably wrong, but it is, it is, was my thought process. I can't do another, I can't add one more thing to my list to do for my mom. I didn't see it for me because everything I was doing was for somebody else. And I didn't really understand what it was. And I actually fell into a support group on an accident. I went to a support group to see somebody speak. He was sick and didn't show up. I felt like, well, I can't really leave. So I guess let me look around. And then it was like, oh my God, this was really helpful. <laughs> it was nice hearing other people's stories. But I think people um, feel like a support group means uh, for many that, you know, you, you're not strong enough to handle it on your own. And, you know, there's, there's some negative connotations to that and so like even with the memory cafe I I when I talk about it, I talk about it as a gathering I say it's really like a um, a group of friends you don't show up with an agenda for a group of friends you just go where you need to go you know to support one another and um, but again some memory cafes are very structured and and do do educational pieces some do music pieces some um, some split the people into two different groups. So people with dementia go one way and the caregivers go another, maybe the second half of the program. But that is something you could also do within Zoom because there are breakout rooms. Mm -hmm. Could separate people and have conversations and then come back um, to do that. So that's just a, another thought, I think, wording. And then the last comment I was going to have um, that might be helpful, I don't know if you are comfortable on LinkedIn, but if you push out what you're doing there, you could be getting in some of those, you know, critical essential workers, letting them know. Um, the, the barrier that I have found is that many of the organizations are so overwhelmed with the, the PPE and direct cares that they, they can't even think outside the box. I can't agree with you more. I mean, I think, first of all, yeah, language is huge. And when you say support group, it does have that negative connotation that, you know, uh, dementia unit, you know, the word dementia unit, my mom lives on a dementia, unit, you know, or nursing home, it, it does carry that negative connotation. I agree with you. And I, I just wrote down a, a couple words as you were speaking, a caregiver rally, you know, just just by changing the words, the language, it, it provokes perhaps more interest and not a focus of, oh, this isn't something I can handle. I can't take this on. I totally agree. Yes, I've made posts on LinkedIn. And interestingly enough, I've gotten a lot of comments about how this is such a great idea. And yet nobody is really, I don't see anybody from LinkedIn joining those groups. I have, I, however, though, I have seen more um, traction through Reddit, surprisingly enough. And I, I'm surprised about that. Um, and it is, it is, what you're saying. I mean, they are so overwhelmed with, do we have the right equipment? Do we have enough beds? Do we have enough of the really essential care? And yet it is these caregivers that are going to burn out so incredibly fast, the professionals and the caregiver and, and the, the family who can't do anything. They're, they're paralyzed to want to help and they can't. They have to, you know, wave to mom from the window the stress of that is weighing on so many people. I'm sure all of you heard about the doctor who took her own life because this is so mentally taxing and we're not paying attention to that. And I think you and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about exactly that. This is way more mentally taxing than any of us are giving credit to. And, and groups, rallies, whatever, like you're saying, memory cafe, I love the terminology of that. It, it will and should be available and could help. It's just like you said, it's getting that message out there. Yeah. The only thing I'd worry about using the word rally is that it, it might turn, it, it could turn like political and motivated. Yeah. Not that that's not a, a, a good thing or a bad thing, um, but just making sure what the focus is because there are a lot of people upset that, you know, healthcare, that, that um, government is not paying enough attention and giving enough equipment and, funding to nursing homes, assisted living stuff there. And so um, rally could turn into something. <laughs> um, that That's just my thought. Last comment would be, um, have you made a flyer 
so that you could post that on LinkedIn or Reddit so that people could download a PDF and then share it. Then they have something solid. Okay. Um, I have not. Thank you for that. Yep. That, that might be helpful as okay. well. But I like the idea of um, even developing like a hashtag or something, you know, for, mm -hmm. for you that's catchy. Um, I don't know exactly what that would be, but that might, I, and I haven't done the whole, I do the hashtag thing when I'm in LinkedIn and I'll, I'll put in keywords and stuff, but I haven't made a personal hashtag. Um, but you know, so it could really go either way on that. So thank you. Um, okay, thank you for sharing all that tree. Why don't you talk about what you're, what you've been up to and some of your experiences and goals through this COVID time period? Oh, well, let's see. I, um, I have a friend at a memory care center, as I told you about that. I go see re very regular. And when the COVID, um, I think it was like the first week or two of uh, March when it was getting a little hotter. Um, and um, CDC said if you are over 60 and if you are high risk, you shouldn't be going out. Well, I was a double winner there because I have a, a compromised immune from a bone marrow disorder and I'm over 60. So I had to stop. And actually the day after I stopped going there, um, the, the memory care center had to quarantine because of uh, illness. Someone had gotten ill in one of their homes. So then I heard that none of the residents there could have family members or friends go see them. And every time I've been there, it's just full of family. <laughs> you know, it's everyone goes there and not just, you know, friends and there's volunteers and the thought of these wonderful people not having people there to visit them and a lot of and in the beginning had to stay in their room and couldn't even eat together and then they start eating together you know sitting them far apart because they call and ask the director and um it just really was upsetting to me a lot so i had an idea to um maybe get pen pals for the residents and um so I sent a letter. Well, first I called the director of the home and I asked her what she thought about it. And she liked the idea. And then um, I got the, you know, the names. I mean, I knew everyone's names from just going there for so long. And then I asked the director for maybe some personal points about each person. Like, what did they like? Now, certainly a lot of people have at a level with Alzheimer's where they're, you know, like if they love something or a hobby and they haven't done it for years, you know, that you know, but the director would share what she knew about people. So I wrote a letter and I put everyone's first name on it and what they liked. And I sent it to a group of friends and I asked it any, if anyone would like to be a pen pal to an elder during this time. And I'm, I'm telling you within a couple of hours, I got so many people writing back wanting to do that. And so some of them, I didn't, there's like 22 residents and I didn't, um, I think I got, a couple people wrote and said, if I don't get enough volunteers, they know people that might like to do this too. But I did get enough. Some people have more than one and I like it that way. And um, I've gone there for a while. So I know the personalities of people and I write to several of the elders every week. And it is, it's been part of my being in, quarantine it's really been good for me I don't get to go to the store and buy cards I had to order stamps from the post office I make cards so it takes me hours every week so I make the cards I look for I have a box of old cards and I'll cut out things that I think someone might like but I know the personalities of the people so my friends that are writing to them when I talk to them they tell me like I say oh maybe so-and-so likes crafts well, some of them have told me they've written like le deep letters and told them all about themselves and their family. And some just say they just will put short sentences. And as we're going, we're learning how to do it. Um, I talked to the director recently and asked her how the letters thing's going. And she says she thinks shorter letters might work better. And so I, I know I've been doing that because I just know from my, my experience that that would be better. So I'm sharing that with people. And I actually, it's, it, I don't know, I really have fun with it. So I, I, I you know, I put, cause I little inside jokes of people have gotten to know. And, um, and so that has been a way of staying connected. And I know it's not 
nothing for them who've had family members and people going there. But my thought is there's someone, you know, once a week reaching out to them and talking to them and um, sending them something. So that's just a little something different in their lives. And then another thing I've done there is, um, uh, Barbara Lee, you talk about music and over the years, Lori always shared how much music affected people with Alzheimer's and I've watched television shows that were amazing to me, like people that didn't talk ever, they always sing when there's music or they dance and when that's over, they go back to maybe being inactive and not talking. And so um, I kind of formed a little choir and I put music together and at, at, and we'd sing songs. And um, it was, it is like what all you, what you've all said, it's just been marvelous. And I remember there's this one person that when we would get together and sing, we go choir practice. And when they come together, there's one gentleman there that would always hold his head like, he didn't ever want to come in the circle and go, oh, I don't want to do this. And it's kind of, I've gotten to know he's a tease and it's his personality. I always kind of thought it bothered him, but he'd never leave the room. And then his wife came to see him one day and I always call him sunshine and sing him, you are my sunshine, because he does everything opposite of sunshine. <laughs> and he just goes like this. But his wife says it's his favorite song. And so when I found that out, now <laughs> I'll sing it to him whenever. And I'll just drop him a card and say, hey, sunshine, how's it going? And I know he'll just know who it is because of that. But so I don't know. They're very simple things that I'm doing. It's just a little way of connecting with people there. And I try to think of other ways. Um, like when I was on your sing-along yesterday, Barbara Lee, and um, thank you, Lori, for Zooming it all. When I was on that, I was thinking um, a lot of the people that when we'd sing, they didn't remember the song. So I asked Lori, is there a way to put the, the, the words up? And she's, you know, there isn't on Zoom. But what would be cool is if there was a place to access the words and the nursing home could, down, could print them out and you could have a Zoom on the TV with you singing and people could have the music there. Because that's what they do with the little choir I put together. They printed music, I type up the words and I learned a lesson, type them big because some of their eyes aren't so good. But so my head kind of starts going like that. How, how can you do this? How can you get them? I don't know. It just, to me, it's, it's great. It's just great that all the different things that you can do with them. So my head's constantly moving like that. And, and I love this challenge in this time. So I think that's what Lori, you're kind of doing here. You're sharing ideas with people and that goes out to some, so maybe others will pick up from different ideas. Yeah. So I guess that's all I'm doing. And I call people and talk to them and but those, those are, you know, when you say, oh, that's all I'm doing, those are huge things. Those are huge, huge things. Oh, yeah. Well, they are for me, too, I'll tell you. I really have enjoyed it a lot. I, I've really, and my friends that are doing it have said, like, if I do talk to them and a couple weeks later I talk to them again, they'll tell me. And one of them said to me, I never got a letter back. And I thought that was pretty interesting. I says, you know, I said, they're, they're, it's a memory home. So it's people that have more progressive memory problems. And I go, I was surprised how many of them read and um, how many of them are reading, you know, cause I thought maybe some of them lost that skill, but most of them could read well. And so I thought, no, my head's been going on that. And I thought, well, it's just cause they don't have the resources. Maybe, maybe some can't like my friend can't write anymore, but if I, put in my letter an envelope, a self-addressed envelope with a stamp and a piece of paper and, and said, drop me a line, that the staff would probably help them and it's all right there. So that's what I'm gonna tell my friends, to open the door to make it a two-way thing now. And then they're acting more with the community, interacting more. So. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. And there, you know, everybody's a little bit different. So you kind of got to find that out as, as you go <laughs> in terms You're of... Right. In terms yeah. of communication, because even, you know, there are some people with dementia that say, I can't use the phone. I can Zoom, but I can't follow a conversation or uh, I, I need I need to be able to read the nonverbals and read the lips of somebody. And That's a so, really good point. Yeah. yeah. So so everyone is, is a little bit uh, is a little bit different. But reading, um, I know for my own mom, she really took pride in that. And she 
followed her reading routine even when she lost the ability to read. She still wanted a newspaper every morning and she would sit and she'd look at it. Yes. She couldn't read anymore. And I didn't realize that until one day she was sitting with the newspaper upside down, pretending she was reading. I've seen some of the residents do that. Yep. And so those habits are really important. And so, you know, I, I just approached her and said, Oh, ma, there's something on the back. Do you mind if I just look at that quick? And then I was able to flip it the right way and give it back to her, you know, to hold. And, you know, my brothers were like, well, she doesn't need the paper then she can't read. And I'm like, this is a really, this is like taking somebody's car away. This is a really important piece of who they are. Yeah. The dignity thing. And so, um, you know, all, all those things are, are important. Now, you, you already had a contact with the community because you were, you were working with your, your friend Anne there. Um, have, you, have you reached out to other communities as well? Or what would you suggest if people wanted to try something like this? Well, the first thing I do, if someone has a friend or a family member even in a home, I would suggest that if it's something that they think they have the time to undertake, because it didn't take that much of my time, honestly. And every week when I put, you know, when I put a couple hours into the letters, that's because me, I'm having fun doing arts, making the cards and stuff. But I would suggest calling the director of the home, asking them their idea, maybe sending, if they're up for it, sending a list of names and interests they have. Um, and even... And then just, you know, sending it out to, you know, writing to a group of their friends and saying, would you like to do this? Because it is making us aware, like, at the, it's interesting to me at the same time that the post office is challenged. They're both picking up more work and they've lost a lot. Like they've lost all the advertising that was run through them for businesses that are no longer open. That was a big part of their budget, but they're picking up more mail and they're having a lot of problems. So I've listened to some programs on it and I thought, well, the mail can't go away, you know, for a certain gener part of the gen of the community that doesn't use computers, which is maybe older people, probably no young people, they all have phones, but there still are a lot of people that like that. And I think just starting something like this, and you know, Lori, it, it would be to, good to put it on something like Reddit, maybe. My son, who's 19, he's my oldest, is home from work, obviously bored out of his mind. And he used to come to all the different um, facilities that I would work at and loved talking to the older adults. And specifically, he seemed to gravitate to the veterans, loved talking about their war stories. And I was going to ask you, how can I connect him with you so that he could become either, um, as Lori mentioned, a pen pal or even a phone call to just engage with the older adults the way that you're, you've set this up and Again, please don't downplay what you're doing. Don't say this is, I'm not doing much. You are doing a ton. You are doing so yeah, much. Thank you. It, yeah. It, thank you. Um, well, what I think of right away is, you know, the thought had occurred to me a while back that um, I wonder if other, this is going on at all the nursing homes. I, and, and I don't know. And also the fact that they're expecting possible quarantining, maybe to go through summer into the fall, worse in the fall. So this in, so what, how can this happen? And I guess I would just say anyone who's interested in a call, now you say your son's interested in maybe, you know, um, some of the elders with, who have had military experience. Um, you know, my husband's a vet. I think it'd be great to call um, the vet's home you know, we're vets for elders oh, okay. and okay. ask them, um, you know, you'd like to do something for the vets why they're there. Cause I do know some people like just go visit and volunteer a lot, but because they can't have visitors, just maybe to start something like what I'm doing. And um, if it's in a memory care, they might have a hard time writing back, mm -hmm. but I do think it's come to me really strong. I do think so uh, envelopes with a stamp, is going to help people a lot and even the paper because um we all know our nursing homes don't have the resources the staffing resources or you know um so it's really helping out with that yeah. i guess i've noticed that going to visit that i i absolutely love your idea and i think you know with memory care yeah the lower your expectations in regards to getting that letter back but that's not what it's about you know and no. i think when you what, what you, it's really about, you're, you are reaching out to somebody 
who is craving a connection in some way. And what you're also doing is you're making the job for the essential workers in that facility, I think, easier because now they have something concrete that they can read or use to connect with somebody on a one-to-one basis. If they're doing a lot less group activity in that facility, these the of the residents in those homes are isolated in their rooms or you know seeing very few people. But to get a letter and have it be read to them, versus having a um, an essential worker or a CNA come in and just be like, "I'm sorry, we're not doing wee bowling today. You can read your book." And like Lori said, you know they end up reading it upside down. You know you're actually giving the essential workers, those CNAs, a tool that they can use, which is phenomenal because so many of them at this time, all the time, but specifically at this time, are probably just strapped. If they had an easy, simple tool in their hand that they could use to connect with somebody before they had to move on to the next resident that they had to care for, what a gift you are giving that home, that staff. Because right now, they can't do bingo. I mean, I've seen things, you know, they're doing it in the hallway and so on. But, but more than ever, we're doing one-on-one connection, one-on-one interaction. And you are providing them that tool. And I think that is phenomenal. Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks. When you said bingo, I can't. I, I tell you, I have so much joy going to see them. <laughs> it brought up a, a, sometimes I play bingo with them. And there was one grandma in there that was really winning a lot one night. She won almost every game. I just couldn't believe it. And um, every now and then if something happened, I go, oh, God, we were just laughing so hard. And one of the grandmas said, you know, I think we need to pray. I go, well, what should we pray for? And she was the winner. She goes, I think we really need to pray for all the losers that maybe they can win something. (laughs) And I mean, she just said it with such heart. (laughs) because <laughs> they get a piece of candy or something and they win I, I'm so sad I can't go visit <laughs> yeah you're doing so much right now I can't if I were in a facility and, and I had this supply that you were providing as a tool to use I cannot tell you how useful that would be yeah Just, but when I talk to my friends some of them find it easier to do and some don't and I think it's because, like, for me, I've met the people. And some just write, and if they go with what that person knows, and some aren't getting any feedback, so they're not sure they're having an impact. So that's where my mind is thinking about now. How can it be improved upon for a two-way? So I think the self-addressed envelope, and I do think that does pick up the two-way street there, too. Yeah, yeah. So that's really nice. I mean, people. Like, Lori, maybe your mom, did she talk? Well, you know, I mean, she lived with him for 30 years, so depending on well, at certain point, she did. Yeah. Certainly you could see if someone wrote her a letter that maybe they'd help. She'd have some thoughts and then, a, you know, a, a companion or a caretaker there would yeah, know, help but, them out. But that's the problem right now is having the staff have the time to help write the letter, you know, and you know, what about a form letter, something along the lines of if you're including um, a self address stamped envelope, you know, yeah. in this already. So you're, you're easing that, that, that burden already. What about something fun, like an ad lib where you come up with a form letter and hi, my name is blank. And my favorite blah is, and one of the things I enjoyed is, and so you're giving the, the essential one-on-one caregiver questions to ask, to engage someone that is still verbal but they don't have to write it out in a letter form. They're kind of just filling in the blanks a little bit. Maybe that could simplify the process and maybe bring you a little bit closer to getting a response. Just a thought. No, I think that's a great idea because there's just, a, you know, there's some people that just don't talk at all, but they could, that would really help the interaction with the staff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's some that um, do have a lot to say. You know, right. so even just yeah. a blank letter would get them. So yeah, it could be geared yeah. towards what they know. Yeah, yeah. That, you'd almost and it could be something that could go on after COVID, and it should. And it might be something where you you send kind of the fill in the blank, so you're modeling what it is, and then you could say, you know, turn over. I got a note for you on the backside. So if people wanted to write a note on the backside, they yeah. can see 
that they could fill this out, send it back in the, in the envelope as well, just so that you know that they received it too. Because there's that question, did, did the mail get through? You know, it's, it's important, you know, Barbara Lee, even with singing, you said it's hard to sing and not hear applause. I mean, you can kind of see things on the screen and stuff. Um, but all of those things, you know, make a difference to, to everybody. Um, or the people in the sing-along say, well, we'd really like to hear everybody sing. Well, we could, but it's going to be a disaster. And for people with dementia, it's going to be horrible because it's going to be really mumble-jumble. So it doesn't, doesn't make sense. Uh, one thing I was thinking when you were talking about your son was how cool would it be is if communities had those little computers, that little robots that went down the hall, and your son could be on their conversation having conver people could have conversations and they, this robot just goes down the hall and keeps talking to people, yes. but it's yes. a live person on the screen, you know, on right. the iPad and mm -hmm. they don't have to fart with technology. They just have to come by the door or sit by the door to, to engage. Okay. Yeah. Um, tree. Now does the memory care place that you do this at close to where you live or not? Um, it's about 13 miles away. Okay, um, because do you have time to do this at another home? Uh, oh, I think I could probably, yeah. Because have to, But the know, thing is, Barbara, yeah, I sent out letters to my friends, and they're writing now, so I could say, does anyone want, you know, you know what I mean? I have the same group of friends I'd be sending out to. Right, It's right. a matter of getting more people involved, and maybe they can write to their friends. I could see you doing, I mean, this... This is really brilliant. And, you know, I don't want you, like Kathy said, to minimize yeah. what you're doing here. This is absolutely brilliant. And um, ideally, I could see you doing this at more homes or right now even taking a look at one more place, you know, yeah. and maybe one that's closer to you. So when the COVID is over, you could go visit a little easier. I don't know. Just be sure to not minimize what you're doing. Thank and, you. I won't. Thank and, you. I will not. I and second of all, I could see you expanding it. Well, I'm already thinking of, you know, oh, maybe I'll talk to Kathy's son and, <laughs> and have a little conversation with him about like the vet's home. Because a couple of the volunteer writers are saying, well, it'd be nice one day to meet them. And I'm thinking that'd be a cool thing, you know? Wow. Because it's a one, it's it's a one on one. Like I will go to see my friend, and all of a sudden I know everyone at the nursing home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted a nursing home, but it's memory care. But you just kind of get to know people. There, there was once where I couldn't go there for about a month, and um, there was a resident there who never, I never, he never would say hello to me no matter what I do I'd like you know and oh one of these days you're going to talk to me and he'd just sit there and stare and I knew he was there and after a month when I came back and I walked in the door he's like hello oh. <laughs> and I'm like going, I knew it was in there <laughs> there's they're just great you know, one of the things too, Tree would, and you know, if you've got a relationship with with the community, if they would allow you to even call families and say, "This is what we're doing," because there's a lot of families that would probably help join in doing this. But again, they need that's a great they, idea, Lori. They yeah. need a starting point, and that's where I, you know these communities they they've got to. I I know they're stressed, but they they really have to stop and tap into the resources they are there but they have to ask they have to ask and I know a lot of them don't have like a volunteer coordinator and they're all worried about process and liability which they should be but again this is a you know this is an emergency situation uh, this is a mental health and a physical health thing not just for their residents but for their staff and for their families yeah. And, and there are a lot of people that are willing to help, but they need a coordinated effort, you know, to do that. And so, you know, if, if you can, you know, if they can trust an outside person enough, because those names are precious, um, you know, but they, they, could, are, yeah. they could, they could even send you could even make a, a, a email for them to send out to families. Would you be interested in talking? We have someone who's coordinating this. They could send it out and then not give you everybody's name. That would be another thing. But I think we have to think of 
ways to reduce their work and they just have to really, you know, copy and paste and push a button. Yeah, that's a really good suggestion, Lori. A really good suggestion, I think. We should probably wrap up here. Um, Barbara Lee, any last comments from you? Oh, you know, the more I listen to you guys talk about your passion, the more I miss my passion of being in the sites that I go to. Um, but this is where this Zoom sing-alone, sing-along uh, idea, I think, is going to come in handy. Right now, we're starting to do it twice uh, a month to every other week. And um, I don't know, maybe I want to do it once a week. I don't know. I don't know. But especially if this thing continues on through the summer and fall. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, Lori, I want to thank you again for giving me the opportunity to start doing Zoom sing-alongs, though. It's just a great idea. I really am enjoying a Zoom sing-along. Barbara, if you want to give people your contact information. Sure. I'd like to give you my website, which is Music Memories Min, M-N, dot com. Music Memories Min, dot com. And if you want to email me, it's Barbara Lee at musicmemoriesmin.com. And Kathy, how about you? What, uh, what contact information would you like people to have? The website is dementiaraw.net. My email is uh, silverdawninfo, S-I-L-V-E-R, dawn, info at gmail.com. What I'm going to give you is Tresia, T-R-E-S-C-I-A at blessences b-l-e-s-s-e-n-c-e-s.com so they can get you they can go to blessences.com can have my blog well thank you guys for your time today um it was an interesting conversation thank you bye-bye thank you bye-bye thanks Lori. Hi everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.